Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our latest House Sports Podcast. It is June 16th, and we are one week away from... The latest installment of Outsports Reunion, Jim and I are headed to Chicago for Chicago Pride next Thursday. Cannot wait. Jim, I, I'm getting I'm getting actually giddy about this. It's a chance to meet all of these people and, and see some old friends and, and meet a lot of people that we've never even heard from before who, who tracked down the event. I'm I'm super excited for this. Yeah, that's the uh fascinating part to me is going to be there's this, I don't know, maybe 25% of the people roughly that we have never heard of or about. Um, some who have no desire to ever come out publicly and some who are interested. So it's kind of fascinating that we have this audience that reads us and we sort of think we only know the people, you know, who, who actually kind of come out publicly, but there are a lot more that will read us and you know, we got we got one from an athlete or former athlete last night that who's once who now is going to let a story be told. But he said he'd been reading us for years and was inspired to come out to his own circle based on the stories he read by athletes, coaches, administrators. So it's going to be exciting to be in Chicago and to see people that kind of you and I have no idea who they are. Yeah, well, that was one of the one of the things we asked everybody who registered for the Outsports reunion in Chicago is is are you out? If you're not out, do you want to come out? And and some people said yeah, maybe, and some people said nope, <laughs> I'm good. And I, you know, I'm gonna go back and look at the registrations because I'm gonna be curious. It might be interesting to talk on Friday about with some of those people. Has has your attitude about coming out changed because of what happened in Orlando or to see if it's changed after experiencing the whole weekend we've seen with Anthony Nicodemo and Chris Burns the power of being with some other out LGBT people in sports and how you know you could go into an event saying no I don't want to ever come out and come out of it so totally empowered to be your true self so I'm going to be curious to see if, if anything like that happens. Yeah, because there are there were a fair number of people who said they would be interested in you know considering telling their story publicly, and as we've often said, only by telling it publicly do you really make a really big difference. I mean, you could make a difference with your circle of friends, family by being out, but it's only when you sort of tell the world. And uh, we had a good one yesterday by a cyclist, Brendan Hausler, and he just said basically, it seems odd to sort of have to publicly talk about your sexuality. But that's the only way that people know who's LGBT right now, that maybe at some point in the future that may not be necessary. But now it is important to take that one final step and say, yes, I'm gay, I'm trans, I'm bi, I'm, you know, lesbian, whatever it is. And so it'll be interesting to see if we always come out of this with other people saying, yeah, they want to go public. Well, and that is the interesting thing. I mean, there are, there are, we find two main reasons that people want to share it publicly. One is absolutely to have a broader impact. I mean, if you're if you're if you're out in your own private life or maybe on your team, you could certainly have an impact on, you know, a few people or dozens of people. But the ability to have an impact 
on thousands of people and, and inspire and empower thousands of people or, or in the you know some cases tens or hundreds of thousands or millions of people that's that's why people come out and the, and the other reason of course is just to get it all over with because they, they just they want absolutely everyone in their lives to know and they don't want to have to tell each person I'm gay I'm gay I'm gay and they just want to do it all in one fell swoop so Again, that's one of the things that I'm most interested in is to, is to talk to some of the people who say they aren't interested in coming out and seeing if that does change. Just you know, just 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 talking to other people because there's you know there's still so much fear of coming out in in and outside of the sports world. Um, there was fear before this past weekend, and there's there there will be fear coming out for you know forever there's, in sports world and entertainment. So I'm just going to be curious to see who's empowered from this weekend to to do that in their private lives or or on outsports. Oh, absolutely. Um, but we do want to talk about we do want to talk about what the uh the the massacre in Orlando at a gay nightclub Pulse. I I I everybody knows about this. I'm not going to get into the details. But one of the things that that you know, we've been watching Jim and I've been watching over the last few days is how the sports world reacts and I mean, you profiled a very interesting um, very strong reaction by by uh, an NFL player, Jim, that 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 had caught my eye a couple of days ago, and I, I was glad you wrote about it. Um, what exactly? Is it? I know it was it was uh, uh, the Seattle punter. What's his name again? John Runyon. John Ryan. John Ryan. John Ryan. And um, uh, and and so what what did he do? He got into a Twitter war with somebody. Uh, on his Instagram feed, he posted a photo of uh what is it it was like a a rainbow photo at the words more love orlando and he got a response from a fan that said where in the bible does it say it's okay to be homosexual of course homosexual was used as two words and ryan responds please unfollow me you're a terrible human being please stop cheering for the seahawks we don't want pieces of shit fans like you thanks (laughs) which is like letting the guy have it with both barrels uh, and then I guess a lot of the people wound up defending this homophobic person, and so Ryan basically said, "This is just kind of devolving into a cesspool." So I'm just gonna, I'm suspending my account for now, and he just sort of got off it. And then was asked, um, "Did he regret the tone of his response?" And he says, "My I only regret is I didn't respond more harshly. I don't want bigots to be fan of this team." And the thing that saddened me more is that this one particular guy that were very angry and people came to his defense, which disgusted me even more, and teenage kids weren't, were coming to his defense, which scared me, scared me about the future, so I definitely don't regret it whatsoever. And then some people thought, well, the Seahawks had him take his account down, and he said, no, if the team had told me that, I would have kept it up. So he did this because he thought his account was kind of devolving into this kind of hate fest, but it was like really, uh, you know, and you can talk about the, the flip side of this, which has been people avoiding it. He did not avoid it. He hit it head on, and he doesn't apologize for calling these people bigots and haters. And he is—he was the one guy when Chris Culliver made the statements about a gay player at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago that he said flat out that he should be suspended. So I think the only person saying that publicly on the you know an NFL player he didn't he didn't mince words there too. Not that he should be given a lecture. Simply he, they had to suspend him for this. So it's great to have a guy like a John Ryan in there. We talk about straight allies, and some allies are tepid, and this is a guy who, who you know, basically wishes he had even said more. So um, it's one of those it's one of those things that made me feel good about the response to that. And you can talk about the flip side, which was 
sort of almost bizarre erasing of LGBT from a lot of the reactions in sports. Well, and, and there were a, a few people in sports who, who were very vocal or at least mentioned LGBT in, in the gay community. Shaquille O'Neal was one of them, and Shaq's been a, a big supporter for, for a lot of years, never afraid to, to tackle the subject. Um, and, and, and obviously people like Jason Collins. Billy Bean has been very vocal in Major League Baseball. He was at the A's. Pride night on Tuesday, and, and, and he's been great. But it, 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 it struck me as I was on Monday just kind of watching some of these teams talk about their pride nights and change their logos to rainbows. How, and, 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 and it first struck me with the, um, the Orlando City Soccer Club, the Major League Soccer team there in Orlando, how they put out a seven-paragraph statement and never mentioned LGBT community, never mentioned sexual orientation, never mentioned that it happened in a gay, the murder happened in a gay bar, never mentioned the name of the gay bar. And I went through and looked at their Twitter feed, no mention of LGBT. I went to their website, no mention of LGBT. I looked at the Magic, the Orlando Magic. They tweeted about the, the massacre. They put out a statement, no mention of LGBT, no mention of the gay community. And, and over and over again, I kept looking at all these sports figures. Uh, I, I think it was the Huffington Post or somebody chronicled all these sports figures who had tweeted about it. Only one, it was Shaq, who had mentioned LGBT. Everyone else, it was talking about the victims and the families and the murder and how horrible it was in Orlando United. But no one, very, very few people, I should say, in sports – seem willing to say this happened to the LGBT community. People were attacked because they were gay. And it, and, and, and it seems like they, they feel that, that if they just wrap a rainbow flag around their logo, that that's enough acknowledgement. And, and to me, it just kind of, like you said, it kind of erases us from the conversation when it was because they were gay that they were murdered. Yeah, and it was a great, great. It was a, an informative chart in the New York Times about minority groups targeted by hate crimes. Um, LGBT is easily number one. Number two is Jewish, then Muslim, Black, Asian, Hispanic, and whites at the end. And this clearly was a specific attack on a group, LGBT people. He didn't pick the club at random. He didn't just walk. He didn't just drive by the first place he saw and decided I'll shoot it up. It was this place specifically. So. It was a hate crime against LGBT people, so to sort of ignore it really was kind of odd. And I kind of wonder, we talked about the other, this other, the other day, is this, is this more ignorance? Is this people maybe not seeing that that is an important part of the narrative, but that by simply expressing their sorrow for the people that were killed, that's enough? And I'm kind of, I would like to think that's what it is versus being a certain level of homophobia. Well, I... I, I... I, 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 there are so many. I, you know, I wrote a column about this, and I, I, I expressed a few different possibilities. One that that the sports world is just entrenched in homophobia, and I don't buy that. The second is that it was just a complete accident, and I don't buy that either because it seems across the board that's the way these team, the, particularly the teams and team executives are going. So somewhere in between, it, you have to try to figure out how, how intentional is it, and what is the root of it. Is it intentional? I think I think that for some people it probably is. I talk in the piece about how years ago, and this was 12 years ago, so it was a different time, 
But when I approached the New York Mets about organizing an, an, an LGBT night or a gay night, we called it back back then, when LGBT really wasn't a thing, they were adamant that I call it out at the ball game and not mention LGBT or gay because they just didn't want that around. And so that that certainly exists for some people in professional sports. On the flip side, like you said, is it do they just not understand like, oh, we're you know, this idea that we're just all unified and can't we all just get along and can't we all be the same? This this kind of this desire for some people, usually straight, white, cisgender people, to erase what makes us different as as though our differences are bad um, and, and shouldn't be celebrated and shouldn't be acknowledged. So I, I, uh, I don't know which one it is, but it, it's probably, depending on the team and depending on the person, a mix of all of those things. And I think it's people who don't really understand the importance of gay bars historically to LGBT people. I mean, um, you know, as sanctuaries, as places of safety, as places where, I mean, even this killer apparently felt it was the one place he can go and drink and be himself, which is kind of the sad irony of it. You know, because he complained to people, you know, who'd met him at the bar that he can't drink at home because his father's is devout Muslim. And so to go into a place of a sanctuary like that, and I think a lot of people just didn't really realize what that meant. The way they understood what it meant when <clears throat> that guy went into the Charleston AME shirt and, and church and killed nine African Americans because he was a racist. That was sort of that was more easily understood by people than this idea of this attack because I think in part it was conflated because of the whole alleged ISIS connection. So first it becomes a terror attack. Oh, but it's also a, a hate crime. So I think a lot of people had a hard time trying to, I would think, understand the meaning of the specific target. And it wasn't, again, it wasn't just a random thing. This person chose this for a reason. Yeah, and, and, and that's, what, that's what has bothered me a little bit, is that it, it's as though it's not that Orlando was attacked. It was the LGBTQ. I mean, you could... See, you could say maybe that um, you could make an argument that maybe America was attacked, right? You you could possibly make that argument. Orlando, the city of Orlando, was not attacked. The LGBT community was attacked. Period. And and again, maybe maybe America as well and our values and all this other stuff. But it was very specifically the LGBT community. And and as I as people have reacted to my piece, really kind of. And, and let me be super clear. I understand that a lot of these teams have done something. At least putting a rainbow flag on their logo is something. It's it's an acknowledgement of the LGBT community. But again, it's like calling your event Pride Night. Most of the Major League Baseball teams, they only call their event Pride Night. The Dodgers <coughs> are one of the very, very few who call it LGBT Night or LGBT Pride Night. Most of them, it's out at the park, Pride Night. They want to they they want to they want to make an acknowledgement of the of the community. They want to bring our dollars in, but they don't want to really go the next step and really say what it is. And and you know and the Mets and the Pirates went even a step further. And and I at the Tony Awards too it was so bizarre. Instead of even wearing rainbows, they wore silver ribbons. A silver ribbon says absolutely nothing about the LGBT community. But that was, that's just that's 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 just completely taking us out of the conversation. So what the Mets and the Pirates did, and a couple other teams, that was was really 
I don't know what you use heinous, but it was, it was pretty bad. Well, the best response was a lieutenant governor of of Utah who gave a totally, you know, heartfelt apology for the way he had treated gay people in high school and said basically he asked people, how did you feel when you heard 49 people were killed in in an apparent terror attack? And then how did you feel when they were specifically targeted for their gay? And if your feelings change, that says something about you, which I thought was said better than anything. And I do think I've been reading a lot of people who write about terrorism and, and, you know, work in the, you know, in the Middle East and stuff who, who talked about ISIS is now the, it's the frame where disturbed people like this killer can somehow find a meaning in their mayhem that five years ago would have been Al Qaeda. And in the seventies, it would have been the red brigades in Europe that ISIS is an easy thing to sort of say, I'm acting on behalf of ISIS because it gives in your mind some meaning to what you're doing, where this guy simply had some hatred of gay people. So I think the ISIS part got everybody sort of, I mean, I don't think this was an attack even on America. I think this guy would have found some reason and some justification to do it, regardless of if ISIS never even existed. But I think that helped muddy the waters about what the kind of attack it really was, which was a, a specific attack on one group, and they were LGBT people. Yeah, and it's and you know the the, the lieutenant governor was it's, it's such an interesting. There's been a whole conversation that maybe this is steering a little bit away from sports, but I'll try to circle back to sports. There's been a whole conversation about you know can for for people who have fought against LGBT rights, can you really um, are there apologies or are there are there expressions of sympathy sincere or should you just dismiss them? And you know I. I I look. I do look at this moment as another tipping point in our movement, like Stonewall, like the murder of Harvey Milk, like the murder of Matthew Shepard. This is a moment where I, I, I think that that the country and our culture will shift because again, it's it's easy to sit behind your keyboard or sit at your desk and say you disagree with this right or that right or this shouldn't be a federal right; it should be a state right. But very few Americans think. 49 people should be murdered because they're gay. And I, and I do think that you'll see the I think you're seeing people's minds shift about this. They see what the if if t- taken to the extreme the the end result of the the anti-LGBT policies they try to put forward and the marginalization of a community. And so I think that like the lieutenant governor you will see people who uh, who have fought against LGBT rights and who have not been great on our issues express sincere sympathy and and and, and actually shift on our issues. I, I would be shocked if that doesn't happen. They might not shift on gun issues, but they but I think they will shift on our issues. And I think you'll see that in the polls. Well, I hope it happens on a national level because you know the House basically deep six some LGBT legislation that was trying to be passed, and we still don't have employment, non-discrimination, even basic thing protections. I don't know if that's going to change. I mean, I do think the lieutenant governor in Utah would, would probably do everything he can to ensure, you know, rights are protected. And I can't see another North Carolina, you know, hate bill coming into, into fruition just simply because of how controversial it is. But I'm wondering if the national dialogue in terms of actual policy will change at all or if we continue to have 
the congressional makeup we do, that it'll be the same old thing that, you know, some people will express, you know, oh, um, their, their condolences for when it actually comes to passing legislation won't do anything. And I think that's what remains to be seen. I think people's attitudes have clearly changed. And I think the response to this, I mean, there was a horrific firebombing of a New Orleans gay bar in the 70s that specifically targeted. And the reactions then were just, I mean, the reactions were almost glee from people. They should have killed more. I mean, we've come a lot away in, in 40 years. Um, so I do hope it, you know, I do hope it leads to some sort of actual change. In, I mean, certain things, the idea we've talked about this forever. How many states where you still can be legally fired or because you're gay or be denied an apartment or a whole host of things, simple things that we all just take for granted if we live in a state like California, still hangs over people's heads in a majority of the states. Will that stuff change or this is one of those moments that comes and it goes and people, you know, kind of just go on with their lives? That I'm not sure about what the legacy of this is. Yeah, well, I, I think, again, it's, it, it's, it's another reminder of the of the power of hate and and the end result of 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 discrimination and so i just you know i i do think that you will see more but you you know the way the sports world again it's not that it's not that those people in the sports world aren't doing anything they are doing something again these pride nights and 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 donating money you've seen athletes donate money and and a lot of that will go to the families of of lgbt people but i i i and and so this is again it, it is a step. This has been a rallying point for the sports world. The sports world could have not necessarily ignored this, but it, the, the response could have been a lot less. And and that it has been as as widespread as it has been has been good. I just I do just wish they had gone the next step and acknowledged the the, the targeted community a little bit more and and so you know this i I think this had this whole episode had has been another step for the sports world but it's just i think for you and me we want the we want the the front office executives to be five steps ahead of where they are and they're still just lingering way behind the rest of the country well we had a tiny victory today and you can probably re-update your post because someone tweeted this out that the uh Brutus the Buckeye, who they were not going to have march in the Columbus Pride Parade out of security reasons, is now going to be back in the parade. So yeah, um, no, I, I and of course yeah, I just had, saw that. But of course, it had they announced it at three o'clock. Is at two thirty. Ohio University announced that its mascot Rufus would be at the parade. So Ohio State was trumped by the Ohio mascot Rufus. <laughs> And Rufus is going to be uh, – the uniform is going to be worn by Delphin Bautista, director for the LGBT Center, because the students are normally wear the costume or not in, in town for the summer. So that's the – so 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 the, the person who's wearing the, the, the Buckeye uniform? No, no, the, uh, the, the Ohio University one. Oh. Ohio University decided <laughs> to go first. That I, my guess is after they saw what happened with Ohio State, because Ohio University is not in Columbus. Ohio State is. The Ohio University right. announced its mascot would be marching, and a half hour later, Ohio State said, oh, okay, Brutus will march after all, because they reevaluated the situation. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting episode, what happened with, with Brutus, because you know, it's 
the, many other people in the school at Ohio State were still going to be marching. The president of the school, a pep band was going to be there. Um, I think that the, 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 the captain of the, of the campus police was going to be in the, in the parade. They were all still going to be in there. But it was, it was only the mascot that was, was getting pulled. So it was an, it was an odd situation for, for Ohio State. But, you know, for, for whatever, whatever reason that the mascot is going to be back in the parade, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see that. Because, you know, just, just the headline just read like, you know, yeah. gays, you're on your own. You know, we'll, we'll see you later. And, and again, that wasn't necessarily true because of the people in the school were going to be there. But it is, it's a great mascots are, are important symbols in sports. And so it's good to see him back on the parade. And now we have two. We have Rufus and we have Brutus. So <laughs> where, where's the uh, the Red Hawk from Miami or whatever they are? Like, these guys, guys get all yeah, the yeah, Ohio, yeah, Ohio yeah. Division One schools in there. Bowling Green, right there, there, there in Ohio. Let's get, let's get them all there. Well, so Jim, what, so, so, what is the, what is the takeaway from all this? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you expect to see down the road? Do you think that this will have an, a, a lasting impact on the sports world? I mean, are we, are we going to see, um, you know, more Pride Nights pop up? Are we going to see? I mean, what, what, or is this just kind of a flash in the pan? And, and, and by July fourth, we will, the sports world will have moved on past this, and it'll be in the rear view mirror. I think it's probably more the latter. I mean, I, I think this in some ways wasn't, a, wasn't an attack on the sports world in a sense. So I think that some teams may do more. I think most will simply kind of move on. I think um, in terms of the gay community, I do think a lot of people, I mean, it shook everybody up that we've all talked to. No one was, no one who's gay or LGBT was unaffected anywhere in the country and a lot of I mean, pretty much anywhere in the world because everybody had thought that could have been me. At some point, you know, we've all been in a gay bar. And so that was the chilling thing. Uh, there was a kid who came out on uh, Reddit because he told his parents, you know, the, they said, why are you telling us now? And he said, that could have been me. And, you know, that was a way for him to you know, finally do it. And so I do think for gay people this is going to be a – catalytic moment and yet in terms of the sports world my guess is probably not a whole lot is going to happen that's going to be concrete until we start seeing more and more people come out in sports that's the biggest thing we still need we still need people who are who are gay and are closeted to come out and say i mean you know what are they freaking afraid of i just we're, we talked about this forever but this is another sign like you you can't come out after this we had a member a wnba player came out at, you know who lived in Orlando um, with a really powerful essays in the Players' Tribune. But, like, wh- why is this not causing more athletes to kind of say, if this ain't going to get you to come out and stand up, what, what will? Well, if you're controlled by fear, I understand why this wouldn't. I, the, 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 yeah, but put aside, put aside your fear for once. I mean, yeah. But, 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 know, but just, if, if, if they haven't come out yet knowing the good that it can do, how is this going to propel? If, if the fear trumps the good they can do, how is this going to change that? Well, because I think peep, there have been people who have come out because they said, you know what, maybe this is finally time I stand up and be who I truly am to people and not live a lie. But, yeah, you're right. It's, I don't think it is going to cause people to come out. I'm simply saying it should. It should shame people to say, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about being open, you know, LGBT. 
and nobody's going to, no one's a specific, you know, no one's story is that unique that they're not somehow connected to everybody else. I guess that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. We have I, I hear you. Well, I, this has to be it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, that's the big, <laughs> if, if you have any sense of community and a lot of these professional athletes don't, well, I, I, I know that uh, this will be a hot topic of conversation, I'm sure, next week in Chicago when we will be uh, with community, with a lot of other people who are part of our community and feel the sense of community. And I, uh, I just can't wait. I know if, if you're listening and, and you're going to be in Chicago, check out Sports because there will be a couple of opportunities for you to join us um, at social events and a couple of other things during the weekend. You can say hi to Jim and me, other people like Connor Mertens and Mason Darrow and um, Matt Hatsky and John Fennell, Fernet Fennell, I always screwed his name up, uh, will be there. Um, so if you're going to be in Chicago, track us down. Uh, and Otherwise, Jim, have a great flight to Chicago, and I will see you there. That's right. Bye-bye.